As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Guys, we are coming to you live from Michael Oldroyd's closet. I am recording from the inside of my closet right now, uh, here in New York, here in Old York City. I've decided to give this a try because the acoustics are very optimal in here. Um, it's basically like a recording studio if you think about it because it's um, a small room which um, essentially doesn't have any external noises outside of it. And there's a lot of, you know, like, um, sound studios oftentimes will have, like, padded things on the walls to help uh, limit the number of vibrations of the of sound hitting the walls or whatever. And I have a lot of clothes uh, in my closet near the walls that essentially uh, do the same thing. So I just want to say I'm a genius uh, for doing this. And it's pretty freaking awesome. I'm, I'm proud of me. Um, well... I guess uh, I guess I really shouldn't toot my own horn because some somebody else gave me the idea, but I am excited that I'm doing it, and I appreciated the suggestion, and I'm excited to uh, do this. Hopefully, you can notice a difference in the sound acoustics. It's going to be difficult when I have guests on the show now to uh, record inside of my closet. Hey, uh, want to come over and do a podcast? Oh, cool. By the way, well, if you don't mind, we're just going to go ahead and do it in my closet. Um, I feel like um, that one might be a little bit more difficult conversation to, to bring up to my guests, regardless of their sex or sexual orientation. I do think that um, it would be a... Uh, and for some, they actually might like it. Uh, some of them might be aroused by the thought of it. I, <coughs> I think that that would be an interesting um, experiment. That would be an interesting experiment, guys. Anybody want to uh, record a podcast with me in my closet out there? Feel free to send me an email at laugh at michaeloldroid.com. Um, I'm excited. It's been a week. Uh, Brian Kelly was uh, the guest last week. We had a lot of fun. Um, I'd love to say, hey, guys, uh, we got a special guest on the show. It's Brian Kelly. But that would, I've kind of already ruined a fake surprise. I've already I've already kind of destroyed the opportunity to create a fake surprise for you guys and then surprise you with the fact that it's a fake surprise by saying, oh, it's not true. Haha. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's pretend the show just started. started. Hey guys, uh, really excited to be here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, really excited to, you know, have my special guest for the day on the show. Uh, we actually have Brian Kelly coming back. Um, we had a great time. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Brian, are you there? Hey, Brian. I, are you there? I don't see you. But that doesn't mean you're not necessarily there. Uh, 
Hey, bud. Yeah, you, you there? Or, uh, okay. Uh, you know what? Brian doesn't want to talk right now. So, all right. You guys uh, weirded out or what? Uh, hey, Brian, uh, you having a good time in my closet with me or what? Um, yeah. Let's talk about what's in Mike's closet. Um, there aren't any guys, uh, to clarify. Um, uh, there are a couple skeletons, though. Huh? Huh? Hello? Uh, no, there aren't any skeletons. Maybe a mouse skeleton that died in here at one point, which I'd be very sad of because I love all animals and I wouldn't want any creatures from the animal kingdom to pass away, unless it was from natural causes, um, because that is a part of life. As Mufasa alluded to in The Lion King, um, I accept... If I had a mouse, say a pet, which I'm, I, I don't believe in um, domesticating animals to a certain extent because I want them to come to me out of free will, kind of like uh, Ace Ventura. Alrighty then. Um, but if I did have a rodent, if you will, that was coming to me out of free will and, you know, I was feeding it or whatever, say it just decided to set up shop in my house and I was cool with it, which actually happened once. That's another story. Um, first of all, I'd be heartbroken if somebody put a mouse trap out uh, and killed the mouse. I, I would immediately um, cry. I'm a crier. Uh, and then secondly, um, I'd be very, one, I'd be very upset. I would have a mouse funeral. I would hold a mouse funeral and I would do the eulogy. We spoke, to, we spoke about that last time. Um, you know, and I would bury it properly. So I would find somewhere in Manhattan where there's dirt even though there really isn't uh, any places because it's a concrete jungle here. But I would find a place and I'd bury the mouse properly. And I'd put a little cross uh, above the uh, the mouse. Maybe even etch something in the... <coughs> you know, if I got a tombstone for it, maybe etch. There's a cemetery, actually, nearby. Trinity Church is just up the street. Um, so maybe I could find a little plot there for uh, my mouse friend if it if it passed away. I did have a mouse that lived with me in L.A. Um, kind of a unique sitch. Um, I, I had a joke once, I think I may have done that for you, where I talk about how I had a, a mouse that rem reminded me of one of my ex-girlfriends. Um, here, you know what, I'll actually play the bit for you and see if you guys enjoy it. I have it on SoundCloud right now. And um, <clears throat> this was one of my friend Peter's favorite bits that I've ever done. Um, so this is for, you know, Peter MJ. You know who you are, right? Uh, I need say no more. Um, nevertheless, though, I hope you guys enjoy the um, joke about the mouse and me naming it after my ex-girlfriend. Here it is. In my let, me, let me start that over again so, because I'm because I'm horny and I was distracted. Mouse. All right, here we go. I've got a mouse in my apartment, and um, I realized it uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and you know it, it's it's starting to grow on me, believe it or not. You know, at first it, it really pissed me off just knowing that it was there, but then lately I've started to kind of grow fond of it. I, I don't even set out mouse traps anymore. You know, it's kind of like my own little pet. Uh, I even gave it a name. I named it Laura because it reminds me of my ex-girlfriend. Named it after my ex-girlfriend. And, uh, you know, it's just this cute little creature that uh, you don't realize, you know, it's going to end up destroying your life. 
You know, it's just this little, this little innocent menace, you know, that's just trying to survive, just eating and shitting everywhere, and all of a sudden we've got a symbiotic relationship, I'm fucking feeding it scraps, scraps turn into my food, you know, I, waking me up in the middle of the night because I hear it scurrying around the apartment, going through my shit, logging into my Facebook, making sure that I'm not freaking interacting with other mice, and uh, I love the little thing. You know, I love Laura. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, that was the the bit. That's uh, my buddy Peter's laugh in the background. We recorded that in my apartment in Manhattan Beach, California, when I was living out there with my Craigslist roommate Colin. And Colin, I think I've talked about him a couple times on this podcast. Very, very unique creature. Very unique creature. I, I loved the mouse more than I loved Colin. No, I love all animals in the kingdom equally, but I liked the mouse better than Colin. You can love somebody and dislike them. Do you guys, do you guys uh, know what I'm talking about? You know, you can actually not like uh, a person for whatever reason, but still love them. Uh, usually that's... That's a, that's a tough one. We're getting deep here, but it, it could be... Yeah, I, I'll, I'll let you draw your own conclusions on what that can be. And it doesn't mean you don't have the ability or... It doesn't mean that you will always dislike them. I mean, if you love someone, that, that lasts longer than your temporary likes or dislikes. Who knows? Maybe that could apply to marriage. Maybe people don't like their spouses from time to time. I don't know, right? Um, I've never been married, um, as you can tell. Um, because I am making mouse jokes about an ex-girlfriend. Um, <coughs> um, and I'm sitting in a closet by myself right now. Uh, and you know what? I'm not sad about it. I'm actually pretty happy. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, this is this is really exciting. In fact, I'd like to share with you guys a little thing called "What's in Mike's Closet." That's kind of fun, right? Whether whether or not you are a, a friend of mine, family, or fan. I guess I could... I'm just trying to accumulate some fans, guys. Huh? No. Uh, regardless of our relationship to one another, I hope you don't find this boring or disinteresting. And in fact, if you don't want to know what's in my closet, feel free to, uh, you know, turn off the set right now or whatever. Hit, hit pause or stop and go Google Star Wars or something. I don't know. Anyway, here's... Um, Here's a couple things I got in my closet. First of all, I'm very thankful. I have two closets right now, humble brag. Um, but this is the walk-in closet, right? So I've got a, it's like a, this really cool L-shaped closet I'm sitting in. It's it's big enough where, <laughs> now it sounds like I'm bragging. Um, but I have to give you guys the details so that you can fully grasp the situation. Um, this closet I could actually rent out. I could have someone live in here. It's big enough. I could lay down and sleep in here in a sleeping bag every night if I wanted to, which would be very absurd because because um, I don't need to do that. Um, it would be very absurd if I slept in here. But then again, maybe, maybe one would find this closet cozy. Maybe this is more optimal because it's tighter quarters. I don't know. I'm not going to judge you if you have the desire to take a nap in my closet. Um, feel free to make the request and I'll reserve the right to veto or ratify that request. Um, you know, I, I'll, 
I'll reserve that right as the uh, you know as this is my place. But uh, nevertheless, without further ado, what do we got in here? We got a couple pieces of furniture. I got my golf clubs here, thanks to my brother-in-law who uh, gave those to me. Shout out to him. I don't want to call him out if he's listening because I don't know if he wants that. But anyway, he gave me. Um, I don't want to address his name specifically out of respect, but um, I got these awesome golf clubs several years ago, and they're genuinely a great gift. And luckily we have a golf simulator here in the building, so I can go downstairs and practice my game anytime. So definitely um, got to have my golf clubs here. Um, yeah, I've got uh, a lot of clothes. You know, I've got my, my shirts hanging up. They're not color-coded, but I've got, like, my long sleeve shirts hanging up and then my my pants to the right of that they're all like they're hanging from hangers which is kind of a weird way of doing pants I guess maybe it's because I was letting them air dry and I never took them like folded them and whatever but I got a ton of hats I'm a hat person right so I've got like who knows like two or three dozen hats hanging up on the you know it's like it's like a miniature lids uh, store here in my closet with with all my hats you know, and then I've got, of course I got my clothes, so without being too boring about that, you know, I got my, my t-shirts on a separate apparatus, um, you know, they're on, they're on hangers, I, I don't have matching hangers, what do you guys think of that, is, is that weird, I, I don't think most people probably buy matching hangers, but I, I think the more organized and successful one becomes, probably the more they start to pay attention to buying matching hangers I don't know uh, I would imagine that that that's the direction I'm I probably would go my other closet has a bunch of suits in it <clears throat> and like jerseys and whatever I got like a Montana jersey an Elway jersey David Freeze um, what else do I have I got my Christmas decorations in here which is fun I got some Christmas decorations which I took down uh, recently, and I was okay with it. You know, it was, it was tough. I put it off because I love Christ Mass, but it was good. I got uh, a couple Star Wars posters in here. I don't even know if they're actual, real Disney-made posters. I think they might be from China. I liked the design on them, and I don't know if they're actually like this one Star Wars poster has a some guy meditating with a black. He's like a black hooded figure. Um. And he's, it looks like he's over in China because there's like one of those Asian hats at the top of the mountain. And I did not see this thing. I did not see that scene in episode eight, The Last Jedi. <laughs> so I, there was no scene in Asia. So I have a feeling that this is a fake Star Wars Last Jedi poster, but I still liked it. Uh, the other one is like more of a felt thing. It has a picture of Ray, as I like to call her, Raymond. Um, and then her, uh, her, 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 her ray of light that she's pointing to the sky from her lightsaber separates Luke and Kylo Ren as if she is the centerpiece to the Force. Maybe she hasn't found her, her way just yet. She, she's very, has great potential, um, and with great potential can come the opportunity to do great things or terrible things. Right, uh, I think she's got a good heart, and that will guide her, um, which we've already seen um, throughout the rest of the series. Um, but you know, it's not just uh, still got to make the right choices if you got a good heart, right? Um, 
I got a nail sitting on the floor, which I'm gonna pick up so I don't accidentally step on it, like uh, Marv from Home Alone. I don't think I've said anything really interesting about my closet, so I do apologize for that. I got this Bordukin or whatever the thing is. It's like a little like kitchen table apparatus that I brought with me from my last apartment. Here, here's something that's more interesting because it's about myself. I when I moved to this apartment from my old apartment in New York. I didn't like just like leave stuff behind. I I paid for movers to move furniture that I don't need because I wanted to sell the furniture. So I think I might have gone through more money and effort holding on to some of these things like this big giant kitchen thing that I have no use for uh and and a a table that I disassembled disassembled. I also have weird I'm trying to sell a bunch of stuff on Craigslist, so if anybody's interested in buying weird random things, like this TV, I don't need a TV, and I got a TV in here. Um, I feel like this podcast is so uninteresting right now. I've got a Cisco um, conference call phone. I don't know if anyone wants that. Um, Very... You know, I, I don't even know if it works to be honest, because it's it's like a corporate phone, and, and it requires there's cords that come out of it that I don't even. It's getting hot in this closet, by the way. I got the door closed, so I'm starting to sweat. Not fun. Um, did you guys go out last night or what? All right, let me finish the closet thing. Um, I got a safe in here, so I got a couple gems. You know, my bowl rings or whatever. You know, some different pairs of glasses, uh, some watches. You know, a couple Star Wars uh, Episode Seven tickets or memorabilia that might be worth something or nothing someday. I don't know. You know, it's just taking up space, space in my safe. Um, you know, posters. Uh, you know, got some uh, IKEA stuff. I got, I got a stool in here right now that my my microphone is sitting on, and, and some uh, some bath room rugs that are dirty and faded but I don't want to throw them away because I'm a hoarder I'm like a I'm like a I have a slight hoarding complex but uh, I've gotten better at I've gotten a lot better at not being a hoarder I was really bad about it in college and before that and every year and every new apartment and living situation I've gone through and also just like life experiences have helped me let go more and more but I should I should probably throw some of these things away even if I can't sell them for example the printer that doesn't work that's uh, (laughs) in the box ready to be thrown in the trash I don't know why I can't let go of it it's weird (laughs) what's my deal guys I need to throw away that broken printer but there's a part of me, I think, that's like, maybe I can get it fixed. Or maybe I can sell it to somebody that knows how to fix it for, like, ten bucks, you know? <laughs> What's my deal? Um, my offer is ten dollars. No. My offer is ten dollars. Uh, you know, this bathroom thing, this bathroom mat, it's faded, it's disgusting. I've, I mean, I, it's clean because I put it in the washing machine, but it's faded, it's got stains on it. Um... And it's the thing that goes around the toilet at the bottom, and I also just have a rug. And, and I use both of those in my old apartment through however many various guests I've had on Airbnb. And I just can't, 
I can't get myself to throw it away. And I don't think anybody would want to buy it. And if they did, it'd probably be like $3. It's better to just like gift that. Maybe I could give it to Goodwill. I don't know. Maybe I could give it to Goodwillium. Um, Goodwill hunting, huh? Ew. Uh, wordplay's fun. Yeah, you horny? Okay, me too. Awesome. I'm in a closet. Maybe I'm gonna look up some porn now. No. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really interesting in here, to be honest. I don't really see anything interesting except some stuff that should probably be thrown away, like some random shoe boxes, random magazines. I'll keep the... F like 15 packs of gum that I have unopened boxes in fact part of me wants to start chewing on this gum now that I see it but I I don't think I should do that because it'll like distract it'll be disrespectful because I'm talking to you guys right now it's like being on the phone chewing gum it's like come on man chew the, chew the gum after the convo Shad. I'm sorry that I don't have much more exciting stuff I have a a box unopened that has a chair in it if you guys want to buy that um, from Ikea and that's really oh I have my elf costume oh I've got my robe and like a bunch of ties I have a I have some really cool ties here alright this is <laughs> I apologize guys this is not uh, this is not that cool bunch of hats alright I'm gonna keep going uh you know, I got, uh, you know, some bags, some luggage bags if you guys want to, you know, I could probably throw a couple of those away or give them away. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is if you're listening to this podcast and you want random things, hit me up because I'm either going to give it away, sell it, or throw some of these things in the trash. I just don't have the time, so really I just need someone to come get it off my hands. Um, yeah, that's about it, you know. Uh, my friend who gave me a bunch of stuff allowed me to upgrade in a lot of ways. So I'm kind of selling some of his things to kind of profit. It was a gift and now I'm going to turn around and sell them. Is that selfish? Uh, you know, it's a little atypical of my character, but uh, I figure if I can sell a random lamp that he gave me for $30, $31. I, I chose 31 because it's my lucky number. I guess you guys are probably, maybe this is interesting. It's a little, it's a little unique to, to get some of these facts. Um, let me check my Facebook real quick because I'm not bored. I just, maybe I need some AD, ADD medication right now. I, I actually asked the doctor when I went to a physical once, or the assistant, I asked him uh, if I could uh, have a little bit of Adderall, and he, he said that I, I, I'm not diagnosed with the disease or, or the disorder that would um, qualify him qualify me for some Adderall, uh, which I I was I guess I was unpleasantly surprised and pleasantly surprised at the same time. I was kind of unpleasantly surprised because I'd like to be able to um, use Adderall to write jokes from time to time um, when I'm like wanting to kind of be productive and think a lot or whatever. But I also was like, oh, that's cool that I that I don't have that disorder. You know, I'm I'm not to put anyone down that does in any way, but I felt uh, I felt mentally healthy when he told me that. Um, um, rap lyrics. I don't know why I wrote this down, but I wanted to. 
highlight something. Rap lyrics, when you really... Do you guys ever listen to the lyrics in songs? Because I feel like, one, they are uh, sometimes completely different than what you think they would be, right? Sometimes, as a kid, I never listened to the lyrics of songs, but as I got older, I actually kind of... I, I like the hidden meaning behind things or trying to discover. I'm like a little... Sherlock Holmes, and I, in fact, I have a Sherlock Holmes hat, um, a double-sided uh, hat from London that I got last year when I was uh, out there with my mom, and um, I try to, like, investigate the deeper meaning, um, you know, behind random what-have-yous. I hope this thing's still recording because the computer is actually not in the closet because I wanted to, like, not have any sounds from the computer. So hopefully, <coughs> you know what I mean? You guys know what I mean, right? That's how I talk when I'm talking to people and I'm distracted because I'm looking up the lyrics to uh, to this song right now. When, when I played football for Mizzou, one of the funny things that we'd do every once in a while is during warm-ups, we'd be like stretching as a team before practice or during practice at the beginning of practice, and people would just yell out random r rap lyrics but in a, but in a non flow way right so let me give you an example you know some guy everyone would scream out like whatever you could scream whatever you wanted but you didn't have to scream it was free it was like a free forum <laughs> for reciting lyrics in a uh in an articulate way so uh, i'll give you an example i'm a nice dude with some nice things see these ice cubes See these iced rings, right? So that would be a quick thing. If I went on beyond that, I'm kind of hogging up the floor. It's somebody else's turn to say things like, um, I've got gator boots with my pimped out Gucci suit, but that's all right because I stay fly. So we would do that and the team would be laughing. Like the more obscure and random the lyrics were, the funnier it was, if that makes sense. I don't even know if those two examples are the best, but those were like um, some of the. You know, I think it would be if you if you said something like, "Don't go chasing waterfalls." It depends on who said that line as to whether or not it would be funny. If it was kind of a dude that wasn't very cool on the team, we'd be like, "Shut up." But if it was like one of the one of the stars <laughs> or like one of the confident charismatic individuals that screamed that it could it could be hilarious you know because we might be like from the perspective ah that was funny great uh, random reference uh from tlc right there i like that you went i think that's that's kind of um how society is in a lot of ways right it's who's talking as to whether or not people want to listen or think what they're saying is interesting um, so hopefully you guys find me interesting but uh, if you don't, uh, I don't know why you're listening to me. <laughs> All right. Um, and thank you. Thank you. Even though if you do find me interesting, I don't think thanking you is the right thing because you're not necessarily doing it for me. You're doing it because you like it. So I don't think thank you is the right word, but I think that the right word is that I'm, I'm, it makes me happy to know that you like listening to me. Like, uh... I can't control, I'm not like specifically like creating a, I don't know how to explain that. I think he, hopefully it's self-explanatory. I don't have Brian Kelly right here to mediate and tell me what does or doesn't make sense. So if you get lost, 
in my ramble, I do apologize. Uh, I do want to read some of these lyrics, though, um, uh, from the name of the song is actually Drop It Like It's Hot. It's featuring Pharrell Williams, and it's uh, Snoop Dogg. And I feel like it'd be fun to kind of break down break down some of these lyrics. Uh, when Pharrell comes into the song, who I think Pharrell has great swag, I've always liked his style, him and Nas. I like Nas a lot. Nas is, he's deep, man. He's, uh, I think he's got an album called God's Son. Anyway, he's he's deep. He talks, you know, and I like Common. You know, they talk about really uh, kind of cool stuff. Love Is is, a, is one of my favorite songs by Common. Anyway, this is a random uh, passage. <laughs> Passage from uh, one of Pharrell's uh, uh, entrances. Wow, what's that noise? I wonder if that's. I think somebody just flushed a toilet. I didn't know that this thing makes noise. So, if anyone ever sleeps in my closet, they might get distracted when other people flush the toilet. It sounds like uh, sounds like we got a problem on our hands here for uh, any closet uh, closet residents of mine. All right, here's the song. I'm gonna break it down. Maybe I'll sing, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sing it with some swag first. I'm gonna sing, I'll, I'll sing a little bit. Here we go. Uh, I'm a nice dude with some nice things. See these ice cubes, see these ice rings. Eligible bachelor, million dollar boat. That's water there, what's spilling down your throat? The phantom exterior like fish eggs. The interior is like suicide wrist wrap. I can exercise you, this can be your phys ed. Cheat on your man, my, that's how you get a his ed. Kill it with the beat, I know killers in the street with the still to make you feel like chinchilla in the heat. Alright, so that's an example of like singing it with flow and swag. Here is breaking it down word for word from an analytical perspective. Uh, I'm a nice dude with some nice dreams. See these ice cubes, see these ice creams or iced rings I've heard. I don't think that they broke it down properly there. So let's 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 break down that right now. Uh it, 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 that first thing UH with the with an exclamation point, that shows swag. What's up? I'm here, I'm present, I'm about to, to drop my flow, son. That's what he's saying with uh, right? He, he's he's hitting the he's hitting the beat there, and he's like, "Yo, I'm here." All right, here we go. I'm a nice dude. He's establishing he's nice. That's actually sometimes how I start my comedy routine. I say, "Guys, I'm a really nice guy." Um, <clears throat> some people think it's a it's a fault. Blah blah blah. Right. So he's 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 starting his setup similar to me. He says he's got some nice dreams. You know what? I have nice dreams too, Pharrell. And I like that we we're on the same page there. Uh, I don't know if you still feel this way about yourself, but I'm going to assume it's present. I'm going to I'm going to talk about it as if it's present tense, right? So I've got some nice dreams. I respect that you're a nice dude. You've established that you got some swag up front with the uh. All right, let's go on. It says, see these ice cubes. All right, okay. I'm not sure what that means. You know what I mean? Uh, see these ice creams. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what that means either, bro. Um, I, I used to think it was see these ice cubes, see these iced rings, which means ice is a term for um, diamonds, right? So he's got he's he's now he's starting to he's starting to show that he's got he's flossing, as they like to say, you know, as, as Beyonce says, if you got it flaunted, go on get up on it. What he's doing is he's he's starting to flaunt now. He started he said he's a nice dude and he's got nice dreams. But now I'm not going to say he's necessarily contradicting himself, but he is starting to he's starting to floss and be a little bit cocky. I would say, see these ice cubes, see these ice cubes. Maybe he's just proud of his accomplishments. I'm I'm proud of some of my accomplishments. I have a nice ring. 
uh, a bull ring. Um, I floss from time to time, so I might, I might, I guess I might. I'm a nice guy and I have nice dreams, and I also might floss my iced ring. And it's not diamonds, it's, but um, you know, it is a nice ring. So I don't know about ice cream. So, all right, here we go. Eligible bachelor, million dollar boat. That's wider than what's spilling down your throat. All right, let's let's break that down line by line here. We got eligible bachelor. Actually, I'm an eligible bachelor myself, so I, again, I identify. All right? Million-dollar boat. I'm going to be honest. I don't have a million-dollar boat. Um, I'm working hard. I'm hustling. So I don't think that's necessarily out of the picture or uh, down the line, right? Fair enough. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to fault you for that. Again, you're... you're you're immediately letting us know what you got going, Pharrell. So you you are being a little bit cocky, but you know, again, you might be proud, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna be happy if I have a boat as well. He said that's wider than what's spilling down your throat. Now let's just kind of break that down. I think there's a double meaning there. I think that it's a a double entendre, if you will. Uh, champagne could be uh, one um, form of breaking that down, and then you know. The other one is something that I'm not going to go into. I think it's pretty obvious, uh, and it's quite inappropriate, Pharrell, all right? And I think that you're being very assumptive in saying that to me as a, as a listener. Um, I, I don't appreciate you talking about something being spilled down my throat, bro. I, I really I would appreciate it as a listener if you would um, be more respectful. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, I, I don't think he's talking directly to me, so I will not take that personal. All right. The Phantom is the next line. Exterior like fish eggs. The interior is like suicide wrist red. Let's really break this down, guys. This is kind of, it's almost dark, right? Uh, it's very descriptive. It's very descriptive with his lyrics. He's creating a visual here. So the Phantom is a type of car, all right? He's talking about, he's got a nice whip now. I mean, he's, he's flossing that he's got boats. Now he's talking about how he's got a nice whip. AKA a Phantom, one of the nicer luxury cars. Uh, he's describing the exterior using the analogy like fish eggs. I'm gonna be honest, I personally don't, I haven't seen a car where I've been like, oh, that's a fish eggs exterior. I mean, I know what like, you know, like a wood panel siding looks like on a PT Cruiser, but I can't say that I know what fish eggs looks like on the exterior of, of a Phantom or any car for that matter. Talks about the the interior looking like suicide wrist red. Pretty dark for real. You know, I think you could describe the color red in different ways, so I'm going to be honest, that's not how I would describe red. Uh, in fact, it almost makes me repulsed by the car that you're bragging about. So I think you're, you're kind of... I think with that lyric right there, you're pushing me away, bro. You know, um, I—it's I, I, uh, a very—it's a very uh, specific um, way of describing the color red, and and, and frankly, um, quite morbid, Pharrell. You know, I, I think you can do better than that. But I'm gonna move on. All right, I can exercise you. This can be your phys ed cheat on your man ma that's how you get a his head so i'm going to say that pharrell and i have, have kind of gone separate ways uh, in life here uh, over the last couple lines here um you know i i, I i'm going to be honest uh, he what he's what he's kind of conveying here is by exercising you miss mrs uh, who he's talking to and i guess really kind of the third person or plural you 
kind of like me talking to you guys right now. I've talked about this before. He's, he's when he says you, he's not talking about you as an individual. He's talking about you as a collective, right? And from the ladies, because I think he's a heterosexual man. He says, I can exercise you. This can be your phys ed. Cheat on your man, ma. That's how you get a his ed. He's rhyming there, phys ed and his ed. What he means is a head, just to clarify. Um, so he's, he's trying to be persuasive that he can, um, you know, help your health benefits through intercourse um, and in and, and sexual activities. So he's saying, I can exercise you. This can be your phys ed. This can be your physical, physical education. I can, I can assist you in, um, you know, getting your, your physical health for the day in my phantom or on my boat. Uh, as you are dazzled by my iced rings, um, he, he says, "Cheat on your man, ma. That's how you get a head guy." I'm, I'm just gonna say that's ethically imbalanced, there, Pharrell. You know, um, I think you should maybe target females that are available. Pharrell, in other words, you, you should you should target women who are um, available. You know, um, you know, you're, you're you're trying to get a girl to cheat on your, your her man. Or a collective group of girls to do that. You're you're persuading them here, saying that that's how they're going to get ahead in life, right? Because because for all it's 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 a little bit dark here, but um you know you're 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 basically telling women to um you know to to chase the dollar sign because that's how they're going to get financially ahead is by uh, serving you um, in your phantom. And I, uh, I don't approve, Pharrell. Uh, I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm repulsed once again. Uh, not to pretend that I'm some perfect person, but, I mean, what, what do we, you know, come on now. Yeah? You know? It's like, come on, Pharrell. You know what I mean? You're, you're really, all right. Killer with the beat. I know killers in the street with the steel that make you feel like chinchilla in the heat. Hmm. Okay. He's a killer with the beat. That's right. He's got the, he's got swag. He sounds fresh on the microphone, right? He's got that, oh, 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 beautiful, I just want you to know you're my favorite guy. All right, something like that. But uh, he says he's a killer with the beat. He knows killers in the street, gang members, or people that um, go around with, with steel, a.k.a. AKA, AK-47, no, uh, AKA guns, right? So he's talking about gangsters with guns that'll make you feel like chinchilla in the heat, meaning horny. Girls will be turned on by the gangster status and, and the bad boy um, thing. So he's, he's flossing and bragging about, you know, his friends that have guns that will turn you on, ladies. So he, then he says, so don't try to run up on my ear talking all that raspy shit, trying to ask me shit. I've gotta be honest, now, now I don't understand where you're going with this, Pharrell. I, th I think I understood you even if I didn't agree, but now I'm starting to, to get lost. Who are you talking to and why would they be approaching you and wanting to say raspy things in your ear and asking you things. I, I, I <laughs> don't, don't, you know, don't come up 
don't run up on my ear talking all that raspy shit trying to ask me shit. I, I'm lost, okay? I don't know who you're talking to. But anyway, he says, and this is a word I can't say, but he, he uses the N-word here. He says, when my blank plural, you know, when my plural blank fill ya vest, they ain't gon' pass me shit. So I think what he's saying is when my posse um, shoots you up, with the bullets in their guns, they aren't. They will not pass me shit. Hmm. And he said, "You should think about it. Take a second. Okay, I'm. I'm thinking about it for real. I. I don't understand. But it says, matter of fact, you should take four B and think before you F with little skateboard P. Hmm. So I think he's he's flexing and he's showing, um, not necessarily status here, but the opportunity that he has to protect himself through his his posse if need be i think he's just he's not threatening anyone he's saying don't run up on me this is my assessment here don't run up on me hypothetically for any reason if i don't know you like talking all kinds of raspy stuff like oh hey pharrell hey can i get some money i don't know you know i guess he's he doesn't want people like with that party voice that he doesn't know maybe coming up on him asking for stuff because he's he's saying that if you do that, my posse, you got to be careful because they're gonna fill your vest. They're gonna they're going to shoot you. You know, and they ain't gonna pass me shit when they fill your vest. Which they ain't gonna pass me shit. What does that mean? I don't. Does that mean drugs? They're not gonna pass you the joint, or they won't pass you. Um, they won't pass you the gun for you to pull the trigger yourself. I don't, I don't fully understand what that means, Pharrell. But, but I will take a second, and I, I have taken a second. I really have thought about this. Um, and matter of fact, I don't, I still don't know what that means. You should take four B, take four B, four bullets for. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do a further Google search on what four B could stand for. Um, I assume that at the end when you said. Think about it before you mess with little skateboard P, which is Pharrell. I'm assuming that you're giving yourself a nickname without us knowing that's your nickname. Um, we got to have the context here, Pharrell. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is rap songs can have a really good beat, and you can really enjoy how it sounds in your eardrums, but when you break down the lyrics, it can be dark, yo. <laughs> So that's why parents don't want their kids listening to rap songs. Aha! It's an epiphany, guys. Um, a lot of, you know, self-serving talk here. You know, treating yourself as if you are a god. You know? Let's see. Um, yeah, we've got uh, got quite a few rap songs out there that, that, that talk like that. I do like Pharrell, though, so I'm not hating. Uh, I'm, what I'm saying is I, I don't appreciate Pharrell's behavior, but I like Pharrell. I, uh, you know what? Actually, I love Pharrell because I love all animals in the animal kingdom. Males, humans, and non-humans. Um, I think he's a very talented individual. But I think what he's rapping about there are, are values that don't align with mine. You know? I don't mean to sound like I'm on my high horse here, but come on, Pharrell. I feel like there's better in you, bro. I like Nas's stuff. I haven't broken down. I'm sure Nas has rapped about... I'm sure that he's being honest, you know? 
I'm sure that some of these guys are being honest and some of them aren't and some of them are is this their true artistic voice I don't know you know <laughs> food for thought though right guys anyway how about Aziz Ansari no let's um let's see here what did I want to talk about anything I'm a crier right uh you guys ever this is so random in fact I can not, because we just talked about Pharrell I feel like I can hear him saying hey man were you breaking down my set like that? I'm going to make you cry hard, dog. I, I don't know. Um, I, I've seen him. He, he, he's a hard worker, man. I appreciate his hustle. Um, he keeps it fresh. You know, he, he knows how to dress. He's artistic. Uh, I think it's cool, you know. In fact, I'd, I'd love to have Pharrell on as a guest sometime. Maybe I could ask him some of these questions myself. Um, Pharrell, is it iced rings or ice creams uh, in your song with Snoop Dogg? Can you... Can you help me out there? Oh, yeah. No, thanks. That's a good question, dog. I should do fake interviews, right? Like, um... Hey, Rocky, thanks. Sylvester Stallone, tell us what, um... Tell us what inspired you to, to write the movie Rocky. Oh, you know, I, you know, I, I locked myself in the closet for, like, two years, and, um, you know, I just thought about, like, Things really came together, you know. I, I wrote this script, and you know when I started to involve like you know other people into the scenario and how Rocky's character affected others, like Adrian, and, you know Mick. You know Mick's like a good guy that I knew from childhood. You know he actually, um, you know, was based on a real person. You know Mick. You know so Mick's Jimmy, you know, a group in Philly. You know, and all right, so. Thanks for joining us. I don't know. That's something I can think about. Mm. Hey, Aziz, uh, how, how's your career being affected right now? All right. Um. Oh, my goodness. It's, like, so bad. All right. Let's see here. Um, uh, let's see. What did I want to talk about? <laughs> you guys criers? I used to cry. So, first of all, I, every, my mom used to ask me, like, after we'd watch movies, if I cried when I was a kid, and I would, I'd be like, Mom, stop asking me that. That's personal. Yeah, I freaking cried, you know. Yes, I cried. Uh, I think I told you guys this before. The I actually started crying before the Notebook started. Uh, in the beginning, <laughs> I've seen the movie a few times. Uh, there was a scene where, um, what was it? Uh, in the beginning of the movie, the music starts before you can see anything, you know, and they just, like, put up a couple lyrics or, like, you know, directed by or whatever. I started crying. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite scene from The Notebook, guys? Um, you know what my favorite scene is? It's, it's at least the one that stands out to me the most is when, and I think, actually, this is a good takeaway. This is, this is a good takeaway for all of us to think about. There is a moment in time when Rachel... Adams comes back to to see him. It's not necessarily that part. I'm just directing you guys to to the part of the movie. So she comes back and then she leaves. She's upset or she's getting ready to leave and get in her car. And Noah says, "What do you want?" Right? He says, "What do you want?" He asked her very directly. I think he had to ask her twice before she actually. Stopped, and I don't think she had actually truly thought about it before, or or knew the answer to that question. Her rational brain knew one answer, and her heart knew a different answer. 
And I think she was afraid, A, to admit what her heart wanted because she was she felt guilty that it was unselfish to listen to her heart and it was impractical or her mom and everyone else would judge her. Um, so I don't think she felt... I think the, the goodness in her didn't feel like she... Um, she was allowed to actually feel and 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 allow herself to to feel what she truly wanted i think we all knew what she really wanted um and i think even i don't think he even fully knew i think he was asking her because he loved her i think he i think that no matter what it is that she said she wanted he would have respected that you know and i think that he asked her a very blunt question what do you want but it's something that we should all think about relationship-wise, work-wise, anything. Like, what do you want? I'm asking you now, bluntly, on this one-way feed. What do you want in life? Um, because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Um, you know, it's not. So I don't, I, I don't want to, like, beat a dead horse here and talk about this on every single podcast. And I don't know if I have or not. I can't even remember. I told you guys that before. Um, it's possible that every episode is the same episode because I'm just speaking in a vacuum. Um, but what do you want? Right? What do you want? Um, I want to be a successful comedian. I want to continue working at my job and helping healthcare for a while. Um, I want to be in movies and... Um, traveling around the world performing everywhere for large theaters small theaters um i want to be a guest a guest on um on those late night talk shows being interviewed about upcoming movies or things that have um gone on and i want to help the world through my through that not just end state i want to you know when i'm taking breaks from movies and things like that i want to go to africa and like help elephants um, I want. I already talked about what I want in a woman a while back uh, on the Christmas podcast. But those are the things I want. I'm going after those things. You know, um, if somebody asks me, "How do you find love?" Like I know that there's a lot of people out there that want love. In fact, I think almost everyone does. I even remember hearing once that when it comes to acting and motives, um, a basic lesson in acting in understanding how to portray yourself if you're playing a part is knowing that most people or characters are driven by love if not everyone even the villains sometimes um, want approval or, or, or love so if someone said Mike how do you find love I, I have been in love before um, I would say you can't look for it you have to do what you love um, because I think that if you if you answer the question what do you want to yourself if for some reason you're living in a in a if, if for some reason you're living a life right now and not everyone is um, but some people are and, and I assume someone on this podcast is listening right now and maybe doesn't like that question because it's a little bit uncomfortable then you're you're kind of like Rachel McAdams <laughs> and I mean that in a good way what I mean is if it makes you uncomfortable it means something might be wrong you know it means you're not you might not be living the the calling that you have and if this makes you want to sh turn this podcast off right now, I apologize. I'm not trying to be an asshole by 
making you think. I think you maybe have responsibilities that you feel like you have to do, and you're doing. You don't have the luxury of doing what you want. I, I can understand that argument, and a lot of people probably feel that way. Um, some people feel trapped. I don't know, but I think that if you if you set the stake in the ground of pursuing the direction of you want, it's a scary thing. Most people, you have to have a little bit of faith, you know, um, that things will work out somehow and that's the difference between living in love and living in fear in my opinion if you pursue the things you love the fear starts to go away and um, what I'm trying to say is if you pursue the things you love love will find you that's what I think I don't think it's the only way but if you're actively like how do I find love then pursue the things you love um, because that path will take you someone will cross your path on that uh, on that path uh, you know on that journey of, of what your heart wants and it will it'll be the right thing in my opinion so I guess what I'm saying is uh, do what you love all right pretty simple stuff all right um, do what you, pursue what you want and don't be afraid of failing. Everyone's going to fail in, in everything. Um, I think I think that what it takes to be successful is understanding like how to chart a path toward a goal and understanding that failure is never failure is not a permanent thing. People are afraid of failing or looking silly but Really, if, you, if you're driven from within, then the failure that happens temporarily and is expected in the journey toward achieving goals and dreams, the, the, those little failures that do happen to everybody become meaningless. Or not meaningless, but you A, you can learn from them. And they allow you to become tougher you can't you can't let the fear of failure stop you you only really actually fail when you stop trying right um in my opinion and i don't again i don't want to make people out there feel sorry if they've quit on something that they love uh it's never too late you know and you may be like damn it mike why do you um why do you have to make me feel this way by by talking about how how easy it is for you to to speak this way, and it's not easy because I've had to, I've had to suffer through a lot of aches and pains and failures and and everything else. Um, so, you know, it may be easy for me to say right now, but if you take a cross section at random points in my life and ask me that, I would say I had to suffer through it just like anyone else to to be able to get to the point where I can confidently say these things. Um, Anyway, I was going to say, this is random, but um, I don't even know if it's appropriate to talk about it anymore, but I was going to say, I was going to talk about how I was a crier um, when I was a, here's a, here's a random fact that came up last night. Um, I did two shows last night. Some friends came. We were talking about Dolly Parton. No, we were talking about, there was a Whitney Houston song that came up. We were talking about, uh, this is weird how this is all intertwined, music, lyrics, um, crying meaning behind <coughs> meaning behind things so Whitney Houston one of my favorite songs of hers was I will always love you which is um 
part of the bodyguard. Have you guys ever seen that movie with Kevin Costner, who I've met? He's a nice guy, and he actually had some really good things to say, which I think feminists would love about Kevin Costner. And it was surprising because it was like out of nowhere that he started just saying these things to the group. And I was like, wow, like sounds like you're preaching to us, man. You know? Um, and yeah, one of the things that Kevin Costner said to the group was don't ever anything you ever do with a woman don't ever like brag to people about that which now I'm kind of like feeling guilty because I did a podcast last week where I was talking about being with two women at the same time oh shame on me alright um damn it Kevin Costner you just made me feel like shit but I appreciate it because it's not you who did it it's just uh all right, uh, yeah, all right, look at that. I just silenced myself. All right, gosh. Um, all right, uh, let's gonna move on from that. Uh, I used to cry when I would watch that movie, I Will Always Love You, by, um, well, it's not a movie. It, when Dolly Parton sang, I was two years old. I didn't even know, I don't know why I was crying. I must have, I guess I heard the song with my heart and not my ears, because I didn't understand English at the time. My mom told me that every time Dolly Parton would come on TV and sing I Will Always Love You, as a baby I would start crying, um, which I think is really interesting. I mean, I, uh, that's a phenomena to me. Um, a very, very, uh, very weird stuff, but I think it's kind of cool. Um, I'm not afraid. I think it's... Uh, it, you know, I'm not afraid to um, put my feelings out there, and, and frankly, I think that it's more. You know, some people might say that's soft or like um, uh, some kind of weakness, but again, empathy is my greatest strength, and I think it's actually stronger, to be honest. Um, it's stronger to be in touch with your feelings. Um, I think it's more masculine to to embrace the truth. And not hide from things, um, or like be afraid to say I love you to people um, because it's like a non-manly thing to do. I think that I think expressing expressing yourself and telling people that you love that you love them is actually a very manly thing to do. I think it's more manly than being a coward about holding those types of things in. To be honest. Anyway, um, we talked about what's in Mike's closet. We talked about you know. You know, we had a long conversation. My improv group had a long conversation about uh, everything that's going down right now um, with males and females. Um, and, you know, Aziz Ansari and kind of breaking down different perspectives and whatnot. I think, I think right now it's a very sensitive time, so I'm not going to get too into it at the moment. But we can all learn something, I think, from this. Um, I'm becoming aware through conversations of, of some things that I, I, I didn't realize before, you know, about how women feel about things. So I think, and, and, and I think that women are also realizing, um, there's takeaways on both sides. And I think that, um, progress needs to be made. Um, I personally am not perfect. And if you look back on my past, especially at random points in time, I think that if stuff I think that stuff could come out and if portrayed in, in a certain light or a certain angle could make me look just as bad um, as some of the people um, that are famous right now. And 
I think the takeaway is to acknowledge the truth and to look inside of ourselves and see how we can grow and move forward, you know, and use some of these things that are coming out without immediately judging because we don't know what's true and what's not, but taking them and actually applying them to our lives, you know, um, about what's acceptable behavior and what's not. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that I need to do is truly kind of understand what makes whatever woman I'm with, um, happy, you know, and try to, you know, I think it's just going out of the way to, to communicate clearly, um, as to what her wants and needs are, um, and, and putting those, um, you know, as a, as a high priority, which I feel like I've always done, but I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's touchy stuff, you know, just, I think that the takeaway is we all need, you know, I think people who've been victims of things, I've been a victim of, of non-sexual things, but I feel like I've been a victim of things in my life. And the takeaway is that I've needed to learn how to articulate and speak up when, um, something doesn't feel right. Or if I feel that I'm potentially going to get taken advantage of no matter what the situation is. So I'm not putting the responsibility you know, on women's shoulders, um, in any way. And there's, there's various degrees and types of being a victim of things. But I think, uh, what I've learned from being a victim of, of which I'm not going to go into right now is that you have to, I've had to realize that if I don't want to be taken advantage of as a human being, I need to stand up for myself, regardless of what power I think someone has over me. Um, people only have as much power as you give them. And that, that, that really applies to anyone, right? Like, look at John Begonia um, in Star Wars. Um, you know, yeah, Kylo Ren has a lot of power, some people might say. Um, but guess what he did? He not only stopped obeying Kylo Ren's commands but he rebelled against him and turned against him and started fighting on the other side right being a resistance fighter wasn't even something that he comprehended but when he realized that he, he you know he was able to kind of do the right thing so i think there is a responsibility in all of us no matter how much power you think someone has over you to to say no or to say whatever it is and, and speak how you feel and guys need to not, uh, they need to be cognizant of the fact that women don't, women aren't necessarily conditioned all the time to, uh, I gotta really choose my words wisely here. It, it may be more uncomfortable for women sometimes because of the way society has been over the years to voice how they feel. Um, they're more, they, you know, society has kind of trained them to be more submissive and, and things like that. So they feel some type of, um, you know, some of them have a hard time saying how they really feel. I'm finding out through conversations with girls, um, you know, as a guy, we see the world from the perspective we live in and the way we live, right? I, I'm a go getter. I, I say what I want. If something doesn't seem right to me, I speak up, no matter what it is. No matter how much power somebody appears to have, 
Donald Trump or anyone else, I'm, I'd look Donald Trump in his face. If he did what I thought was wrong, and I'd tell him to his face. I don't care. Um, you know that, and that's part of part of that is 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 being brave. You know, and not being afraid of the consequences, because sometimes, you know, fear. Sometimes fears are just illusions, anyway. You know, you should never let fear stop you from doing what the right thing is, or saying how you feel, or, or treating yourself with how you want to be treated, right? So, um, I realize, ladies, that sometimes that's not enough, and I'm not. I don't want you to think uh, that I'm turning this around and saying that being a victim, it's your it's your responsibility to to defend yourself. I'm saying that in some of these situations, I think. Uh, some people could do a better job of speaking up and there's times where what the guy did is clearly wrong um you know so <sighs> anyway i'm gonna end on on uh i met this guy after the comedy show last night and um he was homeless it looked like he was actually praying um he was laying down and uh you know, I came I came across him and um, somebody kicked over his his jar of money and I I went over to help him. He's praying. Someone kicks it over, distracts him from his prayer, and I walked over to help him pick up whatever you wanna, whatever fell out money or whatever. I didn't pull the wet bandits move. Um, you know the sticky bandits where they go around and steal people's money out of jars in New York. I didn't do that. Uh, I did the opposite, and I talked to him for a couple of minutes. And he looked like he was in desperation, and he kept on repeating that he's a murderer. You know, he he told me he's a veteran. You know, and then he he had fought and he's killed people, twenty people actually. He was very specific, um, and he kept on calling himself a murderer. You know. Um, you know, I could tell that he, he was in a tough spot. Anyway, I posted a thing on Facebook about it, uh, that I can, I think it articulates kind of the situation better, but the takeaway is that there's some real stuff in the world, you know, um, it's a real issue. And I think that it's easy to just kind of dismiss it. And it's easy to just kind of hear something like that or see it. And most, the human impulse is, oh, I'm going to focus on my life right now because um, this happens all the time and I can't, I can't really, there's not much I can do, you know, to help that person. But like, kind of, if you break that down for a quick second, I can't imagine how many soldiers have felt similar to how he does. I mean, the suicide rate is very high for veterans. I I did not fight overseas, but I have to imagine that if you... I guess this kind of goes back to the Star Wars analogy in some way, but I don't know. I, f I feel like if you feel that you've had to pull the trigger to take human lives whether or not you wanted to because it was a command and you felt you, like you had to that has to take a toll on on anybody i can't imagine that's a, an easy thing to 
to do, you know, um, and, and to live with, really. Uh, I'm sure that there's other things, but I that you know soldiers have a hard time kind of dealing with. I'm sure there's a ton of other things. You know, I, I don't know if that's that specific guilt is part of PTSD. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But I imagine that there's a certain level of guilt, depending on the person that that feels and what they they've had to do. And I think we need to be more compassionate about it. You know. Um, one of my friends from high school, I played football with him. His name is Matt Palazzol, his brother. They both have served in Afghanistan, you know, and um, and Tom, Tom committed suicide. Um, I used to be in his weightlifting class with him, you know, and... Um, You know, he, from everything I've heard, he was just such a, uh, from everything I heard about the way he served and how he served after he, he fought overseas, he was still fighting. He was fighting for veterans. He was trying to help get them better resources and, 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 and things after they've come home and, and have a, a network and community of understanding and support and compassion behind some of the things that they had gone through. Obviously, I haven't done it, so I really can't speak um, as if, you know, I've experienced it firsthand, but I do have friends that have, have fought. I have teammates, um, you know, there's a guy named Riley Baker. He's like the toughest person, one of the toughest people, if not the toughest person I've ever known. He was the first state championship wrestler that we had at our high school. And, you know, in a lot of ways, he was older than me and he, uh, he put me in my place first time we met, um, which I respected him for because I was kind of a little wild animal. And he was like, look, this is how we do this here. So you're going to get your ass in line. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Um, you know, I was like, wow, that's, um, I was astounded, you know, by his, um, his, he was direct, man. You know, he was a tough motherfucker. And, uh, he became a, a Marine. He was a linebacker. He was a short dude. And he was a middle linebacker, number 28. And I remember watching him. And it was just, it was an amazing thing to, to see him play football because he was so unafraid. He was fearless. And he was so small. And like, you're looking out there, and he's, he, this dude is making an impact and making plays and um, changing the, the direction of the game with his team. You know? Uh, he was just, he was just a brave, tough motherfucker. Um, and, you know, when he won state his senior year, it was something that had never been done before at our school. Um, first state champion wrestler. And I think he, he went close to undefeated that year. And I don't know, I remember, I remember talking to him after he won state, like the day after he was humble about it. Um, he, you know, confident, humble, you know, and just... Just, just, just him, you know, just, just the same guy that he's always been. Anyway, he died in Iraq fighting, you know, he's a Marine. Um, so it, it is something that is closer to home than some might think. And I think we, one of, first of all, we need to be aware. We need, regardless of whether you, how you feel about 
war. I mean, I don't think anybody likes war. I don't think anybody supports war. And I don't think by supporting our troops or anyone or being empathetic means that you're supporting war. Um, whether you are supportive of what we're doing overseas or not, I just think that we need to understand that our freedom isn't free. Even if you don't even believe in, in America, you, like, we didn't... Yeah, America needs a lot of improvement, but shit, like, we don't have this freedom. We wouldn't have this freedom if a lot of people haven't given their lives, you know. And, and um, you know, this guy last night kept on saying he doesn't feel like a hero. He doesn't, you know, he's a murderer. Um, he killed 20 people. You know, he said all these things and... and I think we just need to, we need to be empathetic toward understanding, being more understanding and being supportive of those things. I just don't think that the troops and a veteran, you know, they have the VA hospital. I just don't think that they really have, I think people take it for granted sometimes, including myself, um, that there's, there's an entire like group of people out there that are, are literally on the on the front lines whether again whether you believe in the cause or how much certain things are necessary like these dudes are doing the work and ha you know have done the work to protect our freedom and and I just think that um we need to do a better job so Matt Palazzola is taking over um in in helping push his brother's cause forward um in in helping to continue to get awareness um, and better resources for veterans. You know, they're in St. Louis, Matt is and his family, um, went to Eureka High School. Um, and I think it's just something that we all need to think about. I would I would Google with the name Matt Palazzola, M-A-T-T-P-A-L-A-Z-O-L-A. -A -A um, you know, and just kind of start looking up stuff. I, I, I've done a little bit of Googling myself and clicking on links and I just, found it really interesting you know they're, they're trying to take what what exists already and acknowledge that it's not good enough and make it better I think there's a lot of things that we could do to help make the world a better place and that's one one small but important part of it so um, at least the wheels are turning in that direction and, and um, I've kind of left you guys with something I think is important and it may lead to other sparks of thought in other areas you know helping the homeless helping you know don't ask yourself what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That was something that JFK said. I'm going to take a step further. I'm going to take it a step further and say don't ask what this world can do for you. Ask what you can do for your, the world you live in. All right. With that said, thanks for listening, guys. Um, God bless and talk to you next time. One love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?